Roxo Media House. From the Flying Tea Studios at Roxo Media House, this is a special edition of Frogs Today. We count down our favorite 13 moments, including appearances from TCU legend LaDainian Tomlinson, Frogs Power Forward, Eddie Lampkin, and head football coach, Sonny Dykes. to Frogs Today for week 13. Brian Estridge is out. I'm Elle Hoover. Now, we'd be remiss if we didn't start today's show with a tip of the cap to head coach Kirk Sarlos and his TCU baseball team. Man, what an emotional night last Sunday in the regional championship game at College Station. Back and forth all night with the Aggies and all of us, man, at the edge of our seats. Every pitch, so good. Now, unfortunately, Frogs came in a little short after that ninth inning rally by the Aggies, but they finished the year at 38-22 and regular season champions in the Big 12. Now, Coach Sarlos will sit down with Jamie Plunkett for this week's edition of Talking Frogs. So check that out. You can find links at frogstoday.com and also right here on Frogs Today on our YouTube channel. So look for that interview to drop. Now, also, don't forget you can hear the opinions of our favorite boys from the Lupton Drinking Club and their post-game beers podcast. It's awesome. So check that out. Also available at those same outlets. All right. Brian's out this week, so we thought it would be the perfect time to look back at some of our favorite moments here on Frogs Today. Narrowing down this list was much harder than we thought, but after much debate and gnashing of teeth, I think we did it. Our top 13 moments from Frogs Today. Let's get started. All right, let's look back. The key to success for Coach Garrett Riley's offense as TCU football looks ahead to the 2022 season We'll get into that here in a minute. Also, how committed is TCU's defensive coordinator, Joe Gillespie? Is he really playing the long game? Brian Estridge gets the real answer. Right now, though, one angry player on the practice field 25 years ago changed TCU football into a force to be reckoned with. Special teams coordinator Mark Tomerdahl remembers exactly how that went down. 13s. Hey, one final thought. Was there a moment where you guys knew this program was flipped and it was headed to great things. And, I, and I'm not talking about here with Coach Sykes, but I mean, maybe in the past. Was there a moment? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you could ask any member of France staff about this moment and we'd all give you the same answer because it's just it's something we've never forgot. Uh, JW would remember this. Um, we were at the old practice fields up on the hill 
And back in those days, you know, we, we couldn't coach the way we coached then. It was two a days, you know, in godly temperatures. Um, our first practice here, we had IV 25 players. Right. You can't do that anymore. Right. Um, and we took a break, and Landry Burdine mm -hmm. uh, stood up at walk-on at the time, and he said, guys, I am sick of this. He said, we're one in 10, and all we're doing is complaining. He said, it's time that we just listen to these guys. And like that, like that, everything changed. That's that one so moment. If you, if you look back at the one moment that probably set the foundation for the last 25 years, it was Landy Bird dying on a hot summer day. JW, we need to mark that. We'll share that with Landry. I'm sure he'll remind us of it constantly. Yeah. Mark Tomardall, thanks for coming by. Well done. Good to have you with us here. Wow. When we talked to folks at Tulsa, the one quote that came back on Joe Gillespie was that he's all in. Yes, sir. That, that he's all in. How difficult does that make it when you have to leave Tulsa to come to TCU? Well, it, it gets difficult in, in a lot of things because I'm going to tell you, my, my whole family is all in. And so when we say all in, that includes, uh, you know, to be, a, to be a coach's wife takes a special person. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and she runs a tight ship in a good home and, and all of that business, but she's all in. And so our whole family, uh, from our time at Stephenville through our time at Tulsa, and now we get to bring that all in here to TCU. And, you know, I told Coach Dykes, Lord willing, I hope this is my last stop. God's been good to me and my family. I've been, I've been to Kennedale for one year, Stephenville for 20, Tulsa for seven, and, uh, and I'm not getting any younger. There you go. So I'd like to keep it here. Eleventh. There's an old coach phrase that I've heard for years that it feels like maybe one that you follow. And that is, hey, keep the main thing the main thing. And that is be really good at what you're good at. Uh, and it feels like that's what you want to be with this offense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just our philosophy. I mean, if you ask us what's the nuts and bolts of our offensive philosophy, it's that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just believe in it. And obviously, you got to have some pieces to, to feel like you can do that. And and that's what we've really tried to stress to our guys is, is for us, it's be who we are. I don't care if the defense knows exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Who cares? I want us to just out-execute them more than they can stop us. And so – that's what we do. And, um, you know, I think the positive of that is you're going to create an identity for yourself offensively and really probably as a team is um, we all know how it is. You get in those big games and big moments and you're going to you're going to go back to what you rely on and you're going to rely on your identity. And so that's just what we're trying to stress right now and really build that foundation for us here at TCU. Coming up, sometimes an exceptional amount of support also means exceptionally high stakes. We look back with head baseball coach Kirk Sarlos on the pressure to deliver right after this. Hi, this is longtime Fort Worth Star-Telegram journalist Mac Engel inviting you to join me for the Engel Angle podcast bi-monthly on Wednesdays with guests from the world of sports, entertainment, and general interest. I'll bring my unique perspective and an entertaining spin to every episode. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts or at engleangle.com. That's E-N-G-E-L-A-N-G-L-E.com. The Ingle Angle is a Roxo Media House production.
What do you call a Fort Worth-centric podcast featuring guests of international, national, and local fame? Fortitude FW. Why catch the latest episode? Because every guest has a story to tell. Join hosts J.W. Wilson and Britton Payne every Friday for the latest stories from noted Fort Worthians in business, sports, lifestyle, entertainment, law enforcement, politics, and, well, you get the idea. Fortitude FW, where the stories never die. Listen anywhere you get your podcast or at FortitudeFW.com. Fortitude FW is a Roxo Media House production. All right, back into it on Frogs today. Most of us will never understand the pressure and public opinion that a D1 college quarterback lives with every day. How TCU's Max Duggan deals with criticism. We'll take a look at that. Also, have you ever had to fire your family? Ugh. TCU Athletic Director Jeremiah Donati talks hard staffing decisions with Brian Estridge. Donuts. Donuts always make it better. Uh, also, his own mother hadn't seen him play for over seven years. Our smiliest guest to date, former TCU power forward and international pro, Bingo Mary X, on his mom's first plane ride ever to Germany to watch a game. Right now, though, let's jump right into it with Kirk Sarlos. When, when you think about it, you, you, were, you were the choice of the players. You were the choice of the fans. Uh, we know about the great relationship you have with the athletic director. Mm -hmm. Does that add pressure or does it take pressure off of you? Probably both. That's a great question. I've never had that question yeah. asked me. Um, probably both, just because uh, I want to do well by those people that supported not only myself, but Coach Moziello and our whole right. staff. I mean, everybody stayed, Coach Dakin, Meredith, mm -hmm. uh, John DeLar, everybody. So. I want to do well by TCU, our boosters, our donors, our fans. Um, yeah, it probably puts a little added pressure, you know, when, uh, when I get home at night thinking about, okay, how can I repay all the people that help support me to get this, to this position uh, as head coach at TCU, where I've always wanted to be since I've gotten here. Speaking of family, you got the three kiddos are starting to get up there where they're yeah. playing now. Yeah. How are you going to balance that? I mean, your boy's going to be playing baseball. I know softball's coming on yep. as well. Give me, give me a sense of how you're going to balance that. Well, I got, I got my little one having a soccer game tonight at 7 o'clock, so go. I'll be at that one. <laughs> uh, when they're in town, when I'm in town, I'm trying to make everything Yeah. because I know I'm going to be out of town for a lot of stuff. So the great thing is, is my son's, you know, He's gotten into golf, which I love to golf. So oh, it's yeah. like, hey, babe, I'll take him to the range exactly. tonight. So as the sun stays in the, in the sky a little bit longer, hopefully after practice I can you know, get him out there and do that. But my middle one's playing all the sports as well. So it's great. It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, uh, it's tough to miss the, the things that I have to miss. But when I'm in town, you know, there's nothing that's going to take me away from watching them play. I know that's a priority. Uh, and we'll be around this program Absolutely. as long as you're here. Kirk Sarlos, uh, the head baseball coach here at TCU. Thanks for coming by, brother. You bet. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Nice. Think about this. We're, we're having a conversation, you and I, two small-town boys. You, you were, you're from Wichita Falls. Right, right. Who, who would have thought that coming out of Wichita Falls, coming to TCU, that here we are 20 years later, and you're telling us all the great worldly destinations right. that we need to go to. It's been a great run, it's man. It's been great. Uh, me and my mom was just talking for Mother's Day, and uh, she was just telling me about just how long my tenure was playing overseas. And then, like, every year, I think for, like, the first seven to ten years, uh, she hadn't seen me play since i you know, been at TCU. And so she got to come to Germany. So yeah. for the longest, she was always saying, like, you know, you don't have to play because of your dad, or you don't have to play because you think somebody, you know, will say something. She said, you can retire. I said, no, nah, I love playing. So she came to Germany for the first, because she never flown, and right. she never flown that far. So you can imagine going 10 hours on yeah. a plane to Germany. She was very nervous. 
But when she got there, she was like, it was like an apartment on a plane. Like, it was, they served me peanuts and everything like that. So she had a good time on the plane. So that was good. So when she got there and seen me play, she, and this was like, I was, what, 32, 33. Mm -hmm. And I was at, I, had, I had a 25 and 12 that game. All right. And so she, after the game, she just came up and hugged me. She's like, yo, you can actually play basketball. I was like, well, thanks, Mom. I appreciate that. <laughs> Where I, you been? Yeah. <laughs> so I just think in that, man, it's just, man, God has been good. Yeah. It's been a blessing to be able to play that long and to be effective as well, too. Well, think about it. It all started with Billy Tubbs back here at TCU. Yeah. We, we lost Coach Tubbs this past year. Yes, yeah. I, I know how close you guys were. I know I, I, I miss him. I miss uh, him yeah. every day still. Yeah, yeah. For sure. The last time I really had a conversation with Coach Tubbs, he was still the same, uh, still crazy, and mm -hmm. just still joking. And the story that I tell everybody, because everybody asked me, why did you go to TCU? And uh, when I sat down with Coach Tubbs and he came into my home, he said, I can make TCU as far as you wanted to be from Wichita Falls, or I can make it as close. And what I understood with that is like, because he knew I was family-oriented. Right. And so I didn't want to go too far away from home. But he was saying, like, you know, I can have some practices. I can have you locked up and you won't get to go home. But right. if you need to go home, I can send you there too. Yeah. And so just that style of basketball and just his, you know, the way he was and his energy, I think I got a lot of that as well yeah. from him and his personality. Because he loved practice oh, man. and he loved games. Yes, and he, sure. that was his happy place. Right, right. You know, much much like you. All right, where are they now is kind of what we call this segment. And just so folks know, okay. you are back in Fort Worth. Right. I, I'm so happy about this. Tell folks what you're doing. Well, now I'm going back to school to finish my degree. Yep. And uh, I'm 19 hours away. So I started yesterday, actually, uh, May 9th is when I started. And so now I'm on the process of finishing my degree. That is awesome. Eights. The offseason, uh, and I'm going to call it the offseason. It wasn't really that, but you, you, you had to make a change in football. You had to make a change in volleyball. Tell me what the, the hardest part of that is for you as an athletic director. Well, the personal side of it, probably, because, you know, you spend more time with them than your own family, and, and you know what their, their, their hopes, dreams, aspirations, fears are. You get to understand those things, and when you have to have, make a tough decision like that, um, you realize that you're affecting, you know, their their livelihood and, and their careers, and so you know you don't make those decisions unless you're absolutely certain you're doing the right thing for TCU. And so, um, you know, that's but that's the hard part is that you know in, in Gary and Jill's case, you know, those are two two people that have been great colleagues yeah. and, and friends, and um, you know that's they're, they're, that part is sad uh, to, to think of not having those moments with them. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you've got to do what's right for the program. I would think even, even harder maybe be the fact that the, the collateral damage that comes of that, meaning you, you have assistant coaches, you have other staff members who did nothing wrong, who uh, obviously, but were just part of it. And, and I know how close you get to those people. That to me would seem like it would be. Yeah, it is. And you know what's interesting, and just take football for a moment, um, you know, we haven't had a coaching change in over 22 years. Right. And so that's really unique. In fact, I think only Iowa is the only school that's, that's had a head coach that was there longer. Most programs, in fact, all programs have had one, two, three, four, five coaching turnovers. And so this has just been so unusual yeah. for us. We have one person on staff who was here the last time we had a different head football coach. Right. Think about that. So it's just a lot. It just, you know, these, a lot of those assistant coaches had really become kind of family almost and so yeah that's the hard part of our business you know of any business is, is when you have to make changes like that um, and you know because you get to know their kids and you get to know their families and so 
Um, you know, but really excited for, for uh, you know, a lot of them have gone to, to bigger, or not bigger, but other opportunities yeah. and, and, and big opportunities for them. And so really excited uh, for them and, and for those. And, you know, they'll always be a part of our, part of our Horn Frog family. And, here, and speaking of family, we'll, we'll ramp with this. When it starts rolling, when you got, when you got the right people in place and there are no issues, and there are no problems. You can go back to donuts on Sundays with your daughters, right? <laughs> Which is very important to you. Yeah. I know. I love yeah, that. It, it is. Uh, people, work-life balance is one of the most overrated terms used out there because there, there is never a balance. Yeah. It's always out of balance. Right. And so maybe, uh, maybe, that, maybe those two out of balances somehow come back and, and find a balance. But for me, you know, when, I, when I'm... Uh, on the clock, so to speak, which is basically all, all the, the time. time, you know, but you try to be present, you know, when you're home. Um, and so, you know, the donuts, uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of, uh, I, I think I've made the donut shop. Yeah, I think you've done a okay lot of money. Yeah, Because yeah. I do get people that will reach out <laughs> on social media. They'll say, hey, tell me about this place. And I'll say, it's awesome. Right. Or they'll, or they'll say, hey, I got a donut shop for you on the other side of town. I'll say, right. no, I'm, we're, we're committed you're here. You're loyal. Yeah, we're, we're loyal here. <laughs> so, you know, who knows, maybe in this world, maybe that'll, that'll translate to an NIL deal for one of our student athletes one day. But now that's, that's important. In fact, San Diego, my kids are actually out there for spring break uh, with my wife. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them for a little while before yeah. we tip it off on Friday night. All right, Friday night, Frogs yeah. in Seton Hall. Jeremiah Donati, thank you very much for joining us. Seven. Your, your dad's a, uh, obviously a high school football coach. Folks, I think know that. But was it, uh, was it a given that you would play football? I mean, was it, or was it understood, or did he? I mean, did he did he push you to that, or did he just say, "Hey, do what you want to do"? Yeah, there was never really pushing. I think it was just something that I fell in love with. Right. Um, obviously, my dad being a high school coach, I was on the sidelines ever since I was a little kid, being a ball boy or water boy. Yeah. So I think just being around it, fell in love with it, and it's something that I wanted to do and that I that I really enjoyed. So one of the things that you have had here and benefited from at TCU are a lot of ups. There's, there's been both ups and downs. But the way I look at it is, you've had a lot more ups and downs. Do you, do you um do you allow yourself to appreciate the highs, or do you focus on the lows? How do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, you try to stay you know kind of grounded in the middle. You don't want to get too high um, mm -hmm. off the success. You want to get too low on the failures, and I think that's kind of hard of some guys uh, of what they're talking about. Scotty Scheffler, um, who yeah. just won the Masters, does he talk you know great great things about you know how oh, yeah. he kind of stays grounded in that, you know, he's not going to let certain score kind of dictate, you know, who he is. And I think that's kind of where, where you try to be at is kind of in the middle. You don't, don't let a, you know, a success um, or a failure kind of try to define to you who you are. So yeah. uh, you're also not afraid of a, uh, of a battle. Uh, I, I almost said a fight, but it's not a fight. You're, 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 you're not afraid to get in there and say, I can win this job. I should be the starter. You're, you're not afraid of that, are you? No, I think competition um, is great for everybody. And I think that's, that's what I've kind of, Playing four sports in high school, you kind of get used to competition, and and I, you know, thinks it brings the best out of everybody. And, I, and um, looking forward to it. It's been a lot of fun. More of our favorite frogs today moments coming up, including men's head basketball coach Jamie Dixon. He talks about how special his squad is and the impact they have both on and off the court. That's next. Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com.
The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Welcome back to Frogs today. The transfer portal, NIL. Man, what does the future of college athletics look like? Outgoing Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby weighs in. And what's next for Fort Worth? Mayor Maddie Parker shares her vision with Brian Estridge. But right now, it's Jamie Dixon. Six. You've made a point of talking about how much you like this basketball team. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, you made a conscientious effort when you when you recruited new players that you recruited character too. Yeah, no, I mean we, we you know we, we always do that, and sometimes you know you may miss and, and maybe it's just the kid that doesn't work out for whatever reason. Injuries are a big part of it, playing time and, and the immediate immediate gratification. That's the that's the really the, the component now that really changes. Who's going to battle through it, you know? And and that's the real thing that we're going through in college athletics uh, for the most part basketball is even a whole nother level um, because of the culture but uh, um, it, it's it's a uh, it's a great group you know what I what, what makes this team different is so such an outgoing bunch and that's where you see where the connection with the students and we're having 3,000 so imagine having 3,000 students at about I mean we couldn't I didn't see 3,000 at a football no, game I no. mean, on a Saturday we got middle of the week games and there and, and there's 2,000 students showing up and I just you know the professors are a little mad because they're not showing up for classes <laughs> but uh, um, it, it's uh, it's they've really connected. They're outgoing. You know, we did the Christmas tree lighting, and I was like, you know, we did Special Olympics, and I'm like, you know, I'm getting there, at, you know, time, and they're already there early, 15 minutes beforehand. I mean, like that's the kind of different things that we've saw this year, and they, they enjoyed. I guess Eddie was at the baseball game yep. on Saturday. I was trying to, go, I was thinking about going out there. I thought it was too cold, but uh, and I was <laughs> preparing, but uh, uh, but he was out there, and I guess a couple other guys. So I mean, like, you know, that's. That stuff's not normal, and uh, they they enjoy it. They enjoy uh, campus, and um, and I think that's great because I think that's something that you know we've kind of um, for you know something probably I think TCU is is has lacked. Yes, and, and uh, you know obviously our guys are from um, you know we, we've got a unique uh, uh, culture as as far as the campus and our makeup, and and I think it's just great. That our guys are just uh, interacting and involved with uh, with everybody on campus, and they're in at classes and engaged and. You know, they're, 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 uh, it's a, I think that makes this a really special group. Fives. Well, I really do appreciate what you've done so far in a very short period of time. I know you got a lot of challenges. Almost a year. It's crazy. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know you got a lot of challenges, but you got a lot of great resources in this city. And we do. That, that, to me, is what separates Fort Worth and other cities around the country is the ability for different different interest groups, and I'll just use it as that, to be able to work together to be problem solvers. Yeah. And, and we see that in cities across the country where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they just butt heads and, and you and you see cities fall apart. Yeah. Fort Worth's very progressive in that way, yeah. and I use that term as a moving forward term. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's something I'm very passionate about, mm -hmm. and I think if you, if any world-class city loses that, you're in trouble. Yep. And you can't take it for granted either. And I think in the political environment we're all in right now, it's very easy to want to go to loggerheads and fight about everything right. with no, no ability to find consensus. And that's not how Fourth has been successful so far. And that, that's to, our success depends on that culture continuing. 
And so I'll use my bully pulpit whenever possible to say, look, put politics aside and let's work on the issues together. It doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with everyone mm -hmm. around a council table or in the community, um, but we owe it to ourselves to kind of put down the swords and work together. And sometimes that's easier said than done. And you don't necessarily get rewarded for it either. Yeah. yeah. And there's, a, there's a term that's used to describe your job that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle too. The public servant means something. Yeah. And, you, and you have to think of it that way that, hey, I am here to serve the public. Yeah. And you took an oath to serve and do what's in the best interest of the city. May not be in the best interest, you know, of, of you or maybe yeah. not be in the best interest of your neighbor. Yeah. But, hey, overall, here's what's good and for I us. And I've found that when you make decisions um, and you are careful how you communicate them, yeah. you do so in a respectful manner and you maintain your integrity – People may not agree with you, yeah. but they respect you for what you did. No question. Um, and so if you just kind of keep that center of mind, no matter how difficult the issues are, I think that we'll be, as a, as a collective city, we'll be just fine. You know, that's way. why we've been so good. Honesty, yeah. integrity, principled. Yeah. You know, those things are, are what the city has stood for. I agree. So, thank you very much. Thank you for Go having back. me. I appreciate yes, it, it very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Mayor uh, will be with us hopefully again in the future, too. I'm going to go ahead and book you. Okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. All right, good. Go Horn Frogs. Thank <laughs> All right. Very we much. got more to come on. Force. Well, you, you talk about having an impact on collegiate athletics and everything that it's facing right now. You've had an impact over the years. You've had a major impact at the Big 12. Obviously, TCU has, has benefited from that. But those challenges facing athletics right now that you ran through, the NIL, the transfer portal, those sorts of things, legis you know, compliance and legislation, Commissioner, do you think we're at a point where we can get these fixed? Will they be fixed in the future, or do we see – college athletics changing before our eyes and, and never looking the same? Well, I, I think the answer is both. Ryan. I, I think uh, college athletics is changing. Uh, I think NIL is a big change, but it's one that was likely overdue. Uh, but it was never intended to be an inducement as to where you go to school or, or where you might transfer. And so, um, you know, the absence of guardrails has made it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. And, and we uh, are, are almost to the point of free agency relative to the transfer portal. We're going to get a little more structure around that. And I think it'll, it'll tend towards the mean eventually. You know, in the sport of football, about 40% of the kids in the transfer portal are, are walk-ons. And so they're looking for a scholarship, didn't have a scholarship. The other 60%, about half of them are getting a new scholarship and about half of them walk away from a scholarship and not getting another one. So, you know, over time, I think there'll be a leavening effect there. I think we'll have, end up with some transfer windows that keep it from being a, an all year round deal. Um, you know, athletics has proven to be very resilient over a long, long period of time. And um, we, we will find a new normal. But uh, on, on Saturday, you'll see, you'll see football games being played. And throughout the winter, you'll see basketball games being played. And it, it won't look very much different. But, uh, you know, we are in a period of change. There's no doubt about that. Some of the change is difficult. But um, it's a resilient enterprise. And, and we will find a new normal that allows us to continue to move forward. Still to come on Frogs today, our top three moments. We'll get into it here very shortly. We rewind with the greatest frog of all time, LaDainian Tomlinson. And from his childhood to his time at TCU, we sat down with the Hall of Famer next.
FrogsToday.com is the ultimate TCU sports fan community. Members enjoy exclusive content from inside the locker room, feature presentations, access to athletes, coaches, and alumni that are making headlines, and a live show featuring Brian Estridge. Join us and an interactive sports community full of Horned Frog fans now at FrogsToday.com. Frogs Today is a Roxo Media House production. Crooks, criminals, killers. These stories of crime and punishment in the 21st century Western society as told through the lens of retired Fort Worth vice cop Jake White and investigative journalist John Henry. Catch a new episode every Saturday anywhere you get your podcast or at Signal51Chronicles.com. Signal 51 Chronicles is a Roxo Media House production. Welcome back to Frogs Today. Coming up, Eddie Lampkin. Dude, what's your plan? Frogs Today was the first to get the answer, and we revisit that chat with Brian Estridge. Also, let's talk cutting edge with TCU head football coach Sonny Dykes and the three elements to building a successful football program. And right now, Sonny Dykes. Threes. Another area that has seen a sort of a, a reorganization at TCU football is the strength and conditioning and nutrition side of things. Yep. This is really cutting edge what you're doing at TCU, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard me say this before. I mean, there's really three three elements to, to building a successful football program. And, you know, it's building a great culture. Um, you know, it's acquiring talent through recruiting. But, you know, the biggest part of that probably is player development. You know, being able to bring guys in and bring them along um, and, and try to get the, the most out of them. And, you know, and, and what's exciting for me is just watching our team, just see those guys, you know, their bodies change. Um, you know, they're starting to less body fat, more muscle, getting bigger, start to see their backs start to widen out a little bit. And, and you know, a lot of that's tied to uh, not only performance on the field, but also keeping guys healthy and keeping them at practice every day and, and you know, just keeping them, uh, keeping them going. Because, you know, when you're hurt, obviously you don't have an opportunity to practice. And when you don't have an opportunity to practice, you're not developing. And so, as we said earlier, player development is so important to us. And, you know, we have the best strength and conditioning coach in college football, without a doubt, Kaz Kazadi. And, you know, does a tremendous job getting guys bigger, faster, stronger, but he's the biggest culture builder in our program, and he does a tremendous job also of, of you know, creating an expectation within the strength and conditioning program and developing leadership and all those things that you don't hear many people talk about that are really important to your football program. You know, the portal, the other big topic, if you will, in college athletics is the NIL. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, we, we've partnered with the Flying T Club here uh, at Frogs today. You've embraced the NIL, and, and you view it as, hey, this is, this is with us. It's here to yep, stay. Yep. And so you might as well get out in front of it and embrace it and do what you can to help. Right? Yeah, look, I think it's like anything else. I mean, I'm for anything that improves the quality of life of our players. And so, you know, these guys, uh, they make a lot of sacrifices. They spend a lot of time um, in football, I think uh, much more time than people realize. Uh, because a lot of our guys, obviously, we use a lot of their time in training, um, you know, in tutoring and strength and conditioning and practicing, doing all the stuff that we do. But then also these guys are going out on their own on the weekends and, and training with other guys. And so, you know, uh, being a college football player is a very, very difficult and time-consuming um, job, really, in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I like it when those guys have an opportunity to go out and earn something for the amount of time that they contribute to our program. And you know, when you look at it, a lot of guys can't do internships and do things that, that would allow them to have some opportunities that other students have because they're so busy. Right. And this is a way to, you know, to help those guys get jump-started a little bit financially. Choose. Let's talk a little basketball. All right. You, you've had a chance now to reflect on those two games um, in, in San Diego. You had your 
career best game mm-hmm. in that second one against Arizona. You gave it all you had. You're going against a couple of pros, by the way. Yeah, I did. What have you thought since then? How have you reflected on that game and where you stand right now as far as your performance and, and how you felt coming out of it? Uh, Performance-wise, I say I did what I had to do. I played, I played my heart out. I gave it all. I, I never played that hard for a game. Like I told my mom, my dad and them, I ain't never played a game that hard. Uh, Competing-wise, like, I feel like the Big 12 is the best conference, like, mm-hmm. by far, like, the game we played, that last game, that was every game. Like, in the Big 12, from West Virginia to Kansas to Texas to Texas Tech, everybody. Like, that's every game, just like that. No games was easy. And what I learned, I just learned, like, you just can't, you can't, you can't just give up. You yeah. got to keep working, get better every day. You know, uh, you, you guys talk about uh, you and E-Man and mm-hmm. Emmanuel Miller, and everyone talks about the family, the brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, of of TCU basketball, you had to be proud of the effort. I know yeah, I, I know you were disappointed yeah. at the end, but you had to be proud of the effort. Yeah, I was. I was very proud of everybody because one thing when me and Mike, because me and Mike was like the last ones out there. Like I yeah. was, I couldn't leave him because like me and him, that been my roommate. So like, it was hard for me and him because me and him talked about let's go to March Madness, let's change the program, let's mm-hmm. change the culture of basketball at TCU, and we did that. And like, we was just like, wow. You had a conversation too with Tommy Lloyd, the the head coach at Arizona oh, yeah, after I the did. game. You had an extended. He was consoling you yeah. after the game. I, I, do you remember what was said? Do you remember what uh, he said to you? I remember he said we was the best team that they play all year. I'm the best big they played all year, and he was just like, "You got a, a bright future." And I was like, "Thank you, coach." That had to make you feel good, man, because yeah. they played some pretty good play, teams and players in the Pac-12. Yeah. That had to make you feel good. Uh, Eddie, when you think about uh, how you change your body and mm-hmm. you change your game, and then people got to know your personality, uh, and people say, well, I, you know, is, is this intentional? This is just you, right? It's natural. The, yeah, what we see on the floor is just you. Yeah, it's natural. It's natural. Nothing, nothing's going to change. You, uh, you're talking constantly on the floor. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, What's well, crazy? I don't even want to talk about it, but I... When he when the dude dunked on me, I know it was bad. The dude dunked on me. I went up to him. I told him. I said I like that. Like I told him. I said you you shouldn't have ever did that. Like I told him, and I just had to go out and shine. Yeah. I told him I was like I'm about to I'm about to go kill. And that's what I did. <laughs> Gonna have to pay you back. Yeah. You I, know. I, I told I was telling Mike I feel that if I get the ball down the middle I'm dunking. <laughs> I wasn't doing no more layups. So I'm trying to dunk. I'm trying to get my dunk back. And I just was like. You you made me want to go harder. Appreciate you for dunking on me. Like, <laughs> hey, it happened. So I was just like, I couldn't get out the way. I'm going to take it, and then I'm going to just do what I did. Ten offensive rebounds, by the way, the most in the tournament in 12 years. Uh, do you know? I don't know if you knew that yet. No, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, Jamie Plunkett, our researcher uh, at frogstoday.com, came up with that for me. So that, that's, that's the most offensive rebounds in 12 years in the tournament. That's I mean, crazy. that tells you a little something right there, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you feel like there's unfinished business? Most definitely. I'm trying to win a national championship. Yeah. The um, Is Eddie Lampkin coming back next year? Most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. Why not? I like that. There you, hear, you heard it here first, folks. Eddie Lampkin's coming back to TCU next year. Now, bring a whole a bunch of them with you now. Yeah. Are you going to do that? Yeah, that's the plan. All right. Good. We like that. Number one. I want to spend a lot of time talking about you. And, and I, I know that 
sometimes you and I've talked in the past, you're not, you'd rather talk about other stuff. Yeah. But there's a couple of things that I, I want to make sure that folks who are, are maybe being introduced to Ladanian for the first time know. Uh, and, and let's, so let's go way back first. We'll, we'll, we'll rewind things. You're, you're growing up outside of Waco. You're seven years old. And your dad left. Mm-hmm. How has that driven you to be the husband and the father and the man that you are today? Yeah, I, I think um, you, you take your experiences growing up, good or bad, and ultimately you apply them to your life you know, and your family and situations and experiences that you may go through. And I I think, you know, the bad stuff, obviously, the bad experiences, you know, obviously some of them I had no control of, including, you know, my father leaving and my parents getting divorced. That happens in over 50% of of marriages in this country. But I think the other thing is, you you know, you learn from those experiences how you're going to do certain things better when you're in that position, you know? And, and so the other thing I think, you understand the responsibility uh, to the folks around you, your family, right? As you get older. And I certainly understood as my father left and then ultimately my father passed, you know, after my sixth year in the National Football League, I became the patriarch of my family, right. you know, at, at that age. And so it wasn't without mistakes in dealing with family and friends. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you, you just do the best you can. And knowing that all those experiences in the past has really shaped who Ladanian is today. And, and I, I, I like to joke that the only guy that kept uh, Ladanian Thomas from, from starting to t- at tailback was uh, was Basil Mitchell. Yeah. Well, you could say it was Dennis Franchoni, too. We joked about that. <laughs> with him, you know, yeah. But he was the only guy. But you and Basil had a, had a really cool relationship. Yeah. Is that still... Does, does this still exist? Yeah, we still have a really good relationship, really good friends. Um, and I credit Basil for really motivating me to come to TCU mm-hmm. because on my recruiting visit at the, you know, they, they usually bring in the veteran guys to have breakfast, you know, with the with the recruits. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, you know, some of the recruits, running backs, here come Basil Mitchell. You know, he sit down with us and eating and He's like, so where else you guys inter- interested in coming? And so we're talking, a little small talk. And, and the last thing he says, well, you guys shouldn't come here because you're going to sit the bench if you come here. And I took it as a challenge. You know, I'm, right. I said, okay. And I ended up coming, obviously. And we had a little friendly rivalry, a competition of pushing each other. Yeah. And, and that's what, what it was it, it was really all about. But I do remember, um, so... I don't know if you remember, my sophomore year, when Francione first came in mm-hmm. and it was open competition, yep. and Basil and I was, oh, was battling out, yeah. right? So I ended up winning the job, right? but fullbacks weren't playing well yep. at the time. They had to make a move. And Francione called us in the office, and he said, I need my two best running backs on the field. LT, you're big enough that you can play fullback, but I'll make a deal with you. You're going to still play running back. Single back situations, you will still be the back. Okay, fine. Yeah. So about three games in, it wasn't going like that. Right, right. You, know, you, you, know, you were just fullback. Yeah, at that yeah, point. yeah. Basil was, you know, having <laughs> an outstanding year so far. Yeah. And and I went in to talk to Fran. And people probably don't know this. And I was I was about to uh transfer mm-hmm. at that point. Cause I knew in my heart I wasn't a fullback. And I felt like 
high school was repeating itself. Right. If you remember. Yeah, you didn't. Yep. I played fullback in high school, sophomore and junior year, didn't get the opportunity until my senior year. And then now I'm at TCU and my sophomore year, I'm playing fullback right. again. And so I saw that in my mind as I can't do this again. I have to prove that I'm a running back. And when I went in and talked to Fran, I said, Fran, I, I mean, I, I've done what I can to help this team. I said, but I'm not, I'm not a fullback coach. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going to transfer. He said, no, we're moving you back to running back today. <laughs> we were just going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it worked out since. LaDainian Tomlinson with us. You ever failed at anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's been business deals that uh, haven't been successful. Mm -hmm. You know, there has been uh, a number of things early on in my career that I invested in that wasn't successful, believed in family members, that things that they were doing, mm -hmm. vested in it, wasn't successful. Yeah. But that's your money failing. Right. That wasn't you necessarily. You could, because you, I'm assuming you were kind of hands off after, hey, here, Correct. Yeah, hey, go make this happen. Correct. But have, is there anything that you've ever done that you, you, that you have been all in on that's failed? I feel like, yeah, I feel like I failed um, to deliver a, a Super Bowl to the Chargers. You know, that commitment, um, you know, that's something that I still live with. Does it hurt, too? Oh, it definitely does. Because I know we had the team. Yeah. There were two years there that we should have won the championship. Yeah. We had the best team. We rolled through the regular season. And, you know, certain things, you got to have a little luck with it. Yeah. But I wanted so much to bring a championship to San Diego. Um, and so I can say, yes, that's something that I personally had a hand in that we didn't get it done. Did you let Marty down? Did you feel like you let Marty down? I did, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, because the year that they let Marty go. Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. We had the best year ever, like mm -hmm. probably the best team he's ever had. Yeah. And I thought that was the year to get it done. And I certainly knew that that following year with Marty coming back, as we thought, yeah. we're going to win it. There's no doubt about it. We have everybody coming back. Right. Uh, but it changed when, when Marty left, you know, Marty was fired. Yep. And that's when I really felt like we let him down. Well, um, when you think about Marty Schottenheimer, what did he mean to you? I don't mean as a coach, yeah, but personally. He, um, he, he taught me how to be a, a great husband, you know, um, a great father, just a great man and a, a detailed man, you know, um, my wife and I would go down to Palm Springs with he and his wife, Pat, mm -hmm. in the off season, and we would spend time together with them, spend days at their house. Martin and I would play golf together. You know, we would drink scotch together because mm -hmm. that was his favorite thing to do is yeah. drink scotch. And um, so it was those conversations, Brian, that I would ask Marty. He and Pat had been married for years, mm -hmm. and I would always ask him, Coach, what's the secret? How have you... Pat, been together so long, and he said, LT, communication. As long as you continue to communicate, then, you know, there's nothing you can't work through. And there was different situations. I would ask him, you know, coach, you know, uh, we want to have children now. Like, mm -hmm. what, what should I be worried about? What should I get ready to do? And he would share all this information. He was such a great man that I miss him dearly. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, the times he would call me and check on me, share some advice. Did you did you get to spend any time with him at the end? I did. And and how was that? It was difficult. Um, 
it was difficult, Brian, because I watched my grandmother go through the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's a tough disease to have. Um, but I think because I, I was able to see my grandmother go through it, I think I was able to handle it better with Marty. Yeah. You know, when I was around him. Because I remember the time when I was younger with my grandmother, like I was so confused at why she didn't know me. Like why, you know, she didn't understand who I was. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, going through it a second time with, with Marty and being there and just kind of holding his hand and, and, and talking to him, I certainly understood, you know, the magnitude of the, the awful disease that he had. You're, you're a young man. You got a lot left to do. What, what's, what's on the horizon? What, yeah, what I, mean, I, I think... Um, I still think there's a future, you know, in the National Football League, maybe front office, mm -hmm. you know, um, helping put to, together a team and winning that championship. There's some folks you know, who would that say that guys across little, town could use a GM, but that's, you don't have to yeah, go there. Well, you don't have to go there. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I, I would like to do it for a team I play for. I like that you idea. Know? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think that's something that has always been in the back of my mind as I've been a little bit closer to the Chargers organization right. in LA and working working with that organization. I think it's naturally that, you know, I kind of continue to work in, in the front office there and maybe get more involved. But I certainly want to continue to serve TCU as I sit on the board of trustees there, you know, help serve the university. Um, and then, you know, continue to just uh, be in service here in, in Fort Worth. Yeah. You know, this is my home. Right. I always feel like Fort Worth will be my home no matter where I'm working at. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Final thought, you played a role in the uh, hiring of Sonny Dykes. Yeah. Uh, you, were, you were part of that with uh, Jeremiah Donati and a couple of others. Um, give me some insight into, into what you see in him already in this program. I mean, we as members of the media love it. Yeah. Uh, we've got terrific access. Yeah. He's very open, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Give, give me what for you stands out here early on? Yeah, well, one of the things that we talked about was was building the culture, right? You know, yeah. and, and it was going to be a different culture than obviously, you know, previous coach, Coach Patterson had. Right. Coach Patterson did a phenomenal job sure. for so many years and took us to a place, uh, you know, that only he probably could have taken us. But I think it was time for a, a more open and inclusive culture at TCU, being able to showcase our great student athletes that we have for the public to, to see. Mm -hmm. I think that's been one of the biggest differences, the excitement around the program, not from just the fans, but the guys that are entrenched in it, the yeah. excitement. Cause I read a, you know, I read the paper every morning. I'm like an old man now. I read this paper <laughs> on my phone. I got right, it on right. my phone yeah. now. And so I see all the, the interviews and all what the kids are saying. And every kid says, Sonny has been so great. Communication, the teaching, you know, how they feel like they can make a mistake and, and, you know, it would be corrected and they wouldn't make the same mistake again because of the teaching. Those are very positive things early on. That's what you want to see early on. And so I've been so impressed with Sonny. We know that he can recruit. Oh, yeah. Like, we know he can he can handle the transfer portal. Yep. All that stuff is a given. Yeah. It's, it's really comes down to the relationships that you build with those players. Because at the end of the day, they have to play hard for you. They have to believe in that man that's leading them, and they play for him. There are a lot of adjectives that describe Ladanian Tomlinson. A lot of compliments that you get. There are a lot of a lot of kudos goes your way. Hall of Famer, you know. Uh, uh, obviously, that's a big deal. Terrific broadcaster. Now, um, 
to me though, I'm I'm going to leave with this. You're 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 a great dad, man. You're Thank you're a great you. husband. Thank you. You're 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 a good citizen. Thank you. And there's something to be said for that, man. So I want to thank you for coming by here today. This has been fun. My pleasure, It's been Brian. an honor. Always great to catch up yeah, with you. Uh, it's been an honor. We go and, way back. Oh, I know. Sick, a man. long, long way back. And, you know, J.W. Uh, Wilson's behind this thing. And yeah. uh, I tell you what, have him buy lunch the next time. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the first time. Oh, it'll be my, it'll be my pleasure. <laughs> it'll be the first time. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson joining us here. Well, there you have it. It's our top 13 moments here for episode 13 on Frogs today. Brian Estridge is back next week. Thank you so much for being on this ride with us. And if you haven't yet, get to frogstoday.com. We'll see you next week. Are you supposed to be here? Try pulling it harder. Let me in. Harder. Give me one second. Brian. Can you let me in? What's the door code? Five. Did that work? No? Try 21. Brian. Someone's here to see you. Roxo Media House.